Intended, a fantasy NBA dynasty podcast hosted by Sports Ethos. I'm your host, Rhett Bauer, back with another episode that is not really about what has been happening as much as looking back at what I said would happen and then checking on some accountability with that. So we are going to look into the um, fantasy pass uh piece for sports ethos the deep league targets for the trade deadline that i posted a couple weeks before um um, like in mid-january i think it was so a couple weeks to act on any of it and i had i had a lot of options i think i had like 25 buy options and then it looks like five sell options um the sell options in bigger leagues are a lot harder for me because you just can't tell like it you know, everybody's always going to try to be selling the the very clear player who's getting way too much run on a team that's not very good. Like, I, I just don't, I don't, the sell targets on the deeper leagues aren't that big of a deal to me. But the buy ones are players who aren't getting very much run, who have something about them that I think warrants extra potential opportunity or they're approaching free agency, which again could mean that their situation is changing to the point where there's value to be had getting them now, as opposed to trying to get them right before a free agency. Cause there are a lot of people who just don't think that far ahead. Um, and they're thinking like, Oh, this player is not likely to be moved now, but they're not looking forward to a guy like RJ Hampton being an unrestricted free agent this summer, which means the magic have no chance to keep him or they have no rights to keep him. Um, He can just go wherever he thinks is best, wherever he uh, gets the most money or where he thinks the most opportunity is. And Hey, now look, he is actually in Detroit and it's not, I I shouldn't say it's not going better because he's actually playing in Detroit sometimes, which is not so much the case in Orlando. So RJ Hampton, I, I still like him. I think there's a chance somebody takes another swing on him. It doesn't feel like he's gotten a great chance despite being on a, bad magic team for most of his career um, getting traded in the middle of your rookie season and coming through the you know, NBL and putting a ton of work in, in the G league where he's been asking to go down to get extra reps. Um, I feel good about my Hampton by target, even if he hasn't done very much since the deadline. Uh, this is more of a long-term play than just the last couple weeks of the season. The same goes for uh, guys like Goga, Nas Reed, Grant Williams, Jalen Johnson, uh, Precious Achua, all, all of those guys are longer term in mind. I think Nas is doing pretty darn good since the trade deadline uh, on the back of Carlton Town still being hurt, but he's just good, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is about him. He just does a bunch of good things out there. And Goga, I think Goga can be a good fantasy player. He just has a lot of bumps in reality and that you guys know how I feel about players like that. It's hard to see him out there. And now he's on the magic behind Wendell Carter and Mo Wagner. And then the magic have high draft picks. Thanks Chicago picks plural. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Goga, but I believe Goga is hitting restricted free agency this summer. And so it'll be, 
if he wants to go somewhere, I, I can't imagine the magic will keep him. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's uh, they did the same thing with Mo Bamba where they gave him just a, a big deal, non-guaranteed second year. So it's, it's possible that they keep him. I don't know why they would, but whatever, whatever you need to do. Uh, Grant Williams actually just got a DNP like a couple games ago, weeks ago, however long you listen to this. Um, I don't know if they keep him. There was a report that came out that said he wanted four for 55, I think in extension talks four for 50, somewhere around there. I don't know. Do we think Grant Williams is a starter? Maybe probably not on a really good team, but he plays a position of need and he has a very efficient fantasy game. He's like PJ Tucker, basically not exciting, but a decent chunk of minutes, decent efficiency. Okay. Across the board and in deep leagues, that is well worth the upgrade. So I feel good about that call, even if he did stay put, because again, that was a, that was a bet on the outcome of this summer more than him blowing up post deadline. Jalen Johnson actually kind of has blown up post deadline. Um, that was actually me banking on a John Collins trade, which, uh, yep. <laughs> it seems about right. Um, but it seems like Quinn Snyder's actually playing Jalen Johnson a decent amount, which I don't know who is shocked that Nate McMillan wasn't playing young players as much as, uh, any other coach in the NBA, but, that's just kind of where we're at. This might be a casualty of um, AJ Griffin, which is a huge bummer, and Sadiq Bey showing up kind of through a wrench and things. But we're getting to see Jalen Johnson and why he was a player that was highly touted out of Duke, especially for his fantasy game, because he gets the ball off the rim and he just pushes. And good things kind of tend to happen. He just seems to be everywhere all the time, which is pretty sweet. So, uh, last guy I mentioned of that group, Precious Achua. And this was. I love Precious, and it seems like Toronto loves Precious. But what it seems like Toronto loves more is trying to keep this core together and stay relevant, um, which is perfectly fine. Like, Jakob Pertl has been incredible for them, and he's made Fred Van Vliet look incredible for them. And it's just crazy what happens when you have a competent big man in the room. But Precious is good. He's he's just good. So uh, he's been pushed down the totem pole. And I would actually say Precious is even more of a buy as soon as your league opened up some transactions than what he was at the deadline. Because now it looks like, you know, the argument could be, well, who's going to who's going to trade stuff for Jakob Pertl as he hits unrestricted free agency for a team that already had him and developed him like a, that team is the team that's probably going to retain him this summer. Like the deals like that don't usually happen when it's not an all in move for a title contender, which the Raptors are not. So I would imagine that there's some sort of uh, understanding, let's say that precious or that uh Pirtle will stay put in Toronto. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens with precious, but yeah, I'm still trying to buy him uh, a couple more guys. Matisse Thibel nailed that one, <laughs> nailed that one. And it, I mean, his top 60-ish, his top 60 play since the trade deadline is almost entirely on 1.7 blocks and 1.7 steals, 1.1 blocks. But he's also hitting 1.7 threes, which is not too bad. And he's he's a negative in both percentages, but his volume is so low at the free throw line that it's basically negligible. And then his, his field goal percentage is low because he's taking almost entirely threes. But... 
man, he's looked he's looked pretty good. You know, you knew what it was. He's a stocks machine, and I, I would be surprised if somebody in a deep league was willing to move him because you just know how hard steals and blocks are to come by. And if you have Matisse Seibel, you were likely banking on that. But I hope some of you out there were able to swoop him up and are reaping the benefits now. Um, Anthony Simons did come back from his injury, and I haven't looked to see what the minutes impact of that was. Um, I, I saw, I know Matisse still started, which is obviously good, but it'll be interesting. Uh, just the Portland triple, they're just such a weird team. Um, and I would be, I would not be surprised at all if they made some sort of bigger move and Matisse kind of stayed getting, getting a bunch of minutes, you know? Um, yeah. So his minutes went down to about 19 with, uh, Simon's in the mix, which is a big bummer from the, uh, 30 minutes a game. He was playing for the trailblazers in the last 10 games, which, uh, you know, it was bound to happen. It was, that's, that's too much Matisse Thibault as much as the, uh, defensive playmaking is fun to watch. That's just, that's just too much for somebody who's basically a zero on offense. Um, Corey Kispert is a guy I've, I've been acquiring him in a couple places. I actually drafted him a couple places and, in, in some spots that might be surprising just because he's, he's an efficient three point sniper. And we just know that those players are going to play pretty much wherever they are. You know, this since the deadline is playing 27 minutes a game, hitting over two threes, 57% from the field and a hundred percent from the line volume is low. He's only taking six shots a game, but you know, it's okay. Like he's good. He's pretty good. He's not somebody you're going to want starting. And, but the price for him should not have been outrageous to the point where it was, you were just going to get turned away no matter what. So uh, he's a guy that I, it's just weird how guys like that in deep leagues are actually valuable because it's like, wow, the seventh man on the wizards. That's exciting. No, it's not, but we're here. We're here. Anyways, uh, moving on another guy, you guys, are not surprised by this at all. Cam Reddish psyched to see Cam Reddish in Portland. He's been so good for them. And he actually played a decent chunk, even with Simon's back in the lineup. I'm going to pull up what his minutes were in this last couple, uh, this last game. But as I'm doing that, he's inside the top 100, which is kind of exactly what everybody's been hoping for. And it's almost the same stats that everybody's been hoping for, you know, 14 points, 2.2 threes, 3.3 Boards, meh. 2.7 assists is eyebrow raising. 1.4 steals is exactly what we were hoping for. 46 from the field is a lot. And then 86% from the line with only 1.8 turnovers in 31 minutes a game. That is, that's everything we could have hoped for from Cam Reddish and probably more. He's hitting restricted free agency this summer, I believe. Um, and then he, he played 36 minutes against Philly in the game that Simons came back. He plays a completely different position. He has size, which surprisingly the trailblazers don't have much of. Uh, he fills a role for them that I think they just need. And he is a, uh, no, they have a team option. Um, it looks like the trailblazers have a team option for this summer. So then maybe he'd be a restricted free agent next summer. I don't think that's right. Um, I don't really care. Regardless, Reddish is good. I think he's good. I've been thinking he's good. Uh, and we are going to see what the rest of this 
these next couple of weeks look like with him in Portland because Nas Little is around. Uh, Jeremy Grant is obviously very good. And uh, yes, Cameron will be a restricted free agent this summer. So he could he could be setting himself up for a pretty decent contract relative to what it was looking like while he was going through the uh, Tom Thibodeau cone of shame down there at the end of the bench in New York. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, last couple guys I said to target Kobe White. That was just a, a value play for a guy we've seen score efficiently. I'm not super excited about him. Um, and he's not somebody I'm like, going out of my way to get but it was just again it was just a flyer um Darius Baisley I can't quit Baisley I'm sorry I just can't and I was kind of excited when he got to the Suns because they didn't have a ton of depth and he's just not playing for them which I kind of get because they're obviously as good as they are um but it also kind of like with KD out for a while like I would have thought he would get more than eight and a half minutes a game um and he's been atrocious in those eight and a half minutes a game so he's gonna be a free agent this summer uh I imagine some teams probably gonna take a flyer on him just just to see that size and he does have some ball skill the shooting has been there sometimes and lately maybe not as much um shot 40 percent from three this year at okc it was on 1.3 attempts a game and he's only playing 15 minutes but uh in the two seasons that he played a decent chunk i think he averaged about 30 minutes a game uh 2021 2022 and he shot under 30 percent from three which is not what you want to see but we do know his steal and block numbers are pretty okay um, when he gets that sort of run. So maybe some team will see that and take a chance on him. Uh, Zeke Naji, I like Naji. It seems like the Nuggets really like Naji. It just seems like that they're having a hard time finding um, minutes for him. And I believe he's actually been injured for a little while, which is a bummer because it seems like, I don't know, it, the Nuggets have a weird a weird big man rotation. Yeah. He actually hasn't played since the trade deadline, which is a, which is a bummer. So again, another guy in the off season that I'm probably going to try to acquire. Cause if he ends up not playing very much to close out the year, he's basically going to be forgotten. Uh, last couple of guys, I had some vets that I liked uh, Thad young. We, silly season. Thad young is the best. He is, he is a silly season MVP or at least an all-star candidate uh, for the last couple of years with the way he can distribute and score and get rebounds and steals. Um, so love me some Thad. Justin Holiday, I, I called him out before he was even traded and bought out um, or waived or whatever the situation was. I, he's not been fantastic. Um, he's He started a couple games, maybe just the one, but he's playing 20 minutes a night and you know he's going to get you a three and he can, he can get you a steal. The percentages are going to be, or the free the field goal percentage is going to be rough and he's not going to get to the line, but I don't know. Hopefully you uh, you might have been able to just sweep him up off of waivers. And then I called Rashawn Holmes. I thought for sure he would get dealt. I don't, ah, man, 
that's such a bummer. Everything that's happened with him in Sacramento with all the allegations and stuff that came out completely false. And now he's lost his spot to Sabonis and Trey Lyles. And he was so good before he got that contract. And then it just, everything went downhill, but at least he did get paid. So there's, there's some uh, silver lining, at least for that. I did have a couple rookies, a lot of rookies actually pinged as guys to target, but I didn't really feel like they justified blurbs because of course you should be targeting underplayed rookies. But, uh, Dalen Terry, Jake Laravia, Usman Jiang, Nikola Jovic, Jalen Hardy, Marjan Bochamp, Christian Brown, Patrick Baldwin Jr., and Peyton Watson were all guys that I just, I really like. And I can't really, there's not much to point to as to why. With Jiang, there is. Um, he, He's been injured for a lot of the season, but he's played 22 minutes across four games since the trade deadline. And in those minutes, 11 points, one and a half threes, five boards, one assist, 1.3 steals, 50% from the field, 67% from the line. So he does a bit of everything and he has some size, which it feels like this Thunder team is going to need. I know know you have SGA, Giddy, Dort, J-Dub, who's been phenomenal, and then Chet. But beyond that, like that's not a lot of big forward size. And that's kind of what Jang is. And he has ball skills. Uh, I'm really, really, really paying attention to see what they do with him. And then uh, next, I think uh, Jalen Hardy should be playing more than he is. I don't really understand how he's not. Um, It's just, it's just weird to me. Christian Brown, that was more of a minutes play than like actual uh, fantasy talent. Um, Patrick Baldwin, same deal. I think he can be a really, really good shooter. It's just, you know, on the Warriors, you know how they are with uh, with young players. It seems very unlikely that he's going to get extra run. Um, but yeah, those are just some young guys that I, I would have looked into, but who knows if you were able to acquire them because it's probably the case that those those players were drafted by the teams that currently hold them and be like, why am I going to move the guy that hasn't even really blown up uh, just for – nothing but you know you have those contenders out there who have some young pieces and might as well check to see what they're doing uh the couple guys i had for sell candidates are kind of funny because the first one was caleb martin which caleb martin is good this was never about caleb martin not being good but he he's not he's a power forward that's he's being asked to play power forward let me reiterate uh he's being asked to play power forward and that's just I thought for sure that the Heat would do something more than what they did, but he actually has had no change since the uh, trade deadline as far as nine cat ranking, but he has lost a couple minutes as the Heat brought in uh, Kevin Love, but I I don't know what the long-term ramifications of that's going to be. I just have a really hard time seeing the Heat being psyched about this much Caleb Martin, like 30 minutes a game of Caleb Martin uh, and relying on him as much as they do is – kind of a lot um boyan bogdanovich and this was as much about the potential trade as it was a potential shutdown which we're kind of seeing the pistons be uh especially cautious with him which we know what that means this time of year uh which is which is fine i mean i don't know i i don't think boyan should be uh shooting as much as he is but he is important when he's out there because he can shoot the crap out of the ball, light the nets on fire. So um, I don't know if he'll, I know the Pistons want to be good next year, but it seems like an opportunity to just move him and 
it seems like they're going to have a lot of mouths to feed next year if Cade's around, but they also need the spacing, especially if they're going to keep running stupid double bigs like <laughs> Marvin Bagley, James Wiseman, and Jalen Duran. Why? 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 Isaiah Stewart, forgot about him too. Just too many bigs in Detroit. I don't get it. Troy Weaver's got an issue. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. was a sell because he's always a sell for me. And that's, I've been proven kind of wrong by him because he's been really good. Um, he's really improved his efficiency and stuff like that, but he's only played four games since the deadline and he's missed, uh, it looks like seven. And in those four games, he's played 29 minutes shot 37% from the field, 77% from the line, six, six rebounds, seven assists, half a steal, two and a half turnovers, only 12 points. It's, I, I have a really hard time seeing him in a, in the same amount of, in the same amount of shots minutes everything um there's i see two courses of action this summer either the rockets get scoot and kpj is no longer starting point guard or the rockets get hardened and kpj is no longer a starting point guard um i uh, it's been well documented how much i've disliked kevin porter jr not even so much for the off the court stuff even though that did contribute to his contract being entirely non-guaranteed like the rockets can just cut him at any point with no cost. And that is just a wild, wild kind of player to be relying on for uh, the kind of production that he has. Assuming you're enjoying that. Like I would just, I would have taken a pretty big hit in per game production just to have somebody more stable and with a, an upward trajectory rather than a flat or possibly declining trajectory like KPJ has. Um, and then last and definitely not least was Karis Levert as a target he, he that was more of the um uh the you know i thought that the Cavs would try to address the small forward position because Karis Levert is extremely redundant with uh you know with with Garland and Mitchell and they need defense from that spot and they just haven't really had it he's been a little bit better than before the trade deadline um but i believe garland's missed some games and he's uh yeah, that's given Karis a couple more shots um i don't know it's better but still barely inside the top 175 is is not the greatest indication for me um we just know we know Karis isn't a great fantasy player, but uh, it felt like there was a chance to sell him approaching this deadline because of the, uh, you know, there's just, there's always people out there who's like, yeah, I could use some extra scoring, a couple extra assists, and uh, my percentages are good, or I don't care about one or the other. And so I, I was, I'd be curious, let me know on Twitter at red underscore power. If you moved any of these sell guys, cause I'd be curious what the package was, or I guess for any of them, if you bought somebody like Hampton or Thibel or reddish or precious Kisper, like, let me know what you traded for them. Or if you sold them away, uh, thinking you were going to, you know, fight the curve and sell against what everybody else might be trying to do. I'd be really curious to see what the prices were at the deadline. And then the last, and I actually said Karis Lever was last, but he's not, I had Reggie Jackson on here as a sell, uh, which played out pretty, pretty well. I'd say, uh, I mean, what were the chances that Reggie Jackson would get moved to Charlotte and then bought out and back to Denver? Uh, not, I wasn't planning on that, but I don't know if Reggie Jackson is a guy you want to be relying on. He's not a starting point guard 
and he's currently not a starting point guard. Uh, but, you know, getting like 21 minutes a game in Denver with uh, Bones no longer there, Ish Smith there, like the the backup point guard spot in Denver is open. Um, I just I just figured there was no way Reggie Jackson was going to continue to get the minutes that he was getting, and that seems to be the case. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's some... There's just some guys that seem like they'll fall off so quick once the minutes go away. And Reggie Jackson is definitely one of those. I'm looking at guys like, you know, Victor Oladipo getting 24 minutes a game. Like how sustainable is that? And then you've got like, I don't know, Marcus Morris getting 26 minutes a game. Come on. That's, that's not a thing. I mean, like, I don't know. It's just, it's so funny looking at some of these per minute numbers and being like, Oh yeah. Gabe Vincent, that's a 29 minute a game player. It's like, wait a minute no he's not anthony lamb 24 minutes a game yeah probably don't want it so i'm just going down the list but uh just keep your eyes out for that and i'll be checking back in on all of these once the regular season's over and we actually have like a full sample size of what the post deadline production looked like but i just wanted to go through the guys that i called out and check to see how far off i was either if somebody got moved or calling them out as a target for the future and I feel like I did pretty okay. There's definitely some some whiffs. Uh, Precious is a long-term play, but definitely got worse with the Pirtle uh, news. Uh, Nerland's going to Brooklyn. Pretty happy about that, even if his role's been man, He doesn't score at all. Thibel, uh, Reddish, obviously happy about those. We'll, we'll see. I'm not taking a victory lap on any of these guys because there's uh, a lot of basketball to be played, but it's also silly season, so how much weight do we put into it? Uh, I will be here to guide you through all of that in the coming months. Thank you again for tuning in. We will see you again next time. Thank you.